0: Welcome to Linda's Life Lessons Podcast. As a teaching professor, my students often tell me that their favorite part of class was when I chatted with them in what they called Linda's Life Lessons. I would take five or ten minutes at some point in class, not every day, and chat about things that had come up, maybe in one-on-one meetings with students in my office or a question asked in class. There's pretty much nothing out of bounds. We talk about it. In these podcasts, I share tips for students and parents, helpful guidance through the college years, and a few stories along the way. We chat about situations students have found themselves in, and how we navigated it. Along the way, we talk about some do's and don'ts for parents, too. Okay, let's get started. Welcome to Linda's Life Lessons Podcast. In this episode, we chat about the importance of and what it means to be your own advocate. If we aren't careful and attentive to actually living our lives, we can end up moving through life on autopilot and end up somewhere we didn't intend. Being our own advocate is important in our personal life, in terms of our health and our relationships, and it is also important in our business life. Let's start with being an advocate in terms of our own health. I had some serious health issues when I was 19 and in my sophomore year of college. I had nonstop stomach issues, This had been going on for years, for as far back as I could remember. Doctors did every test they could think of, and then some, and couldn't come up with anything more than that I was sensitive and high-strung, whatever that means. In the first semester of my sophomore year, the stomach issues were pretty bad, but there was more going on. Getting myself going every morning was quite an effort. Once I got going, I was able to get through the day. Everything ached, and I had zero energy and little appetite. I am normally a high-energy person. About six weeks into the semester, I just couldn't keep it going. My parents came and got me to take me to the family doctor. He examined me. He asked my mother the questions about me like I wasn't even in the room. I felt too lousy to protest, but really, I had been living on campus. How would my mother really know how I felt and what was going on? At one point, my mom even asked if they couldn't put me in the hospital to figure out what was going on. We were told there was nothing that could be done in the hospital that couldn't be done by this doctor in his clinic. I went home with my parents that night, intending to go back to campus the next day. That evening, my mother had a conversation with a family friend who was a nurse. This friend, Jean, had known me most of my life. She became very concerned about what she was hearing. She reached out to the doctor she worked for, who was employed at a different clinic. This doctor was also very concerned about me. He was going to be in the ER the next morning and asked that I be brought in for him to meet me. The next morning, Dr. Hyerman examined me, alone. He asked me questions about how I was really feeling. After looking at the initial readings and his observations, he said to me, I don't know what's wrong with you, but I'm convinced something is wrong. I'm going to admit you to the hospital so we can figure things out. Honestly, when he said those words to me, I was so relieved that I cried. I was so tired of trying to keep going. Dr. Hyerman called in specialists from the nearby medical college. I had more tests done, liver biopsy, bone marrow, and on and on. The specialist had a big reputation such that when my old doctor heard what was going on, he called and wanted to be consulted because he was the expert on my case. Not so much. After 10 days in intensive care and modified care unit, I was diagnosed with chronic persistent hepatitis and sent home to recover. I wasn't a good advocate for myself at that time, mainly because I was just too sick to use my voice. It happens. This is when a person needs another person to be their advocate. Ten days alone in the hospital gives you lots of time to think. I made some changes in my life that put me on a different path. I do often send blessings to Jean, the friend who connected me with the doctor who probably saved my life. In a previous episode, I talked about keeping a written story archive so you have your stories ready when you need them, be it for an interview, for a position with a new company, or a promotion with your current employer. This is a reminder for you that you need to keep track of your stories, of your successes, of the challenges you worked around, of the situations you successfully navigated. You need to track the things that went wrong, too. No one is perfect, and to try to present yourself as always doing the perfectly right thing will come off as false in an interview. You need to be real. The stories of your successes and your failures will make you seem more confident and capable because of the lessons learned along the way. The thing is, in any sort of an interview, you are basically advocating for yourself. You're putting yourself out there, sort of selling yourself, so that you can get the position you are seeking. You are self-advocating. Ideally, someone on the decision-making team will end up on your side, advocating for you to get the position. That's a huge help for you. You need to be an advocate for yourself in other areas of life, too. When you are getting to know someone, a new friend, perhaps a new romantic partner, what are you doing? You're presenting yourself in a positive light so this person will want to get to know you. That's a form of self-advocacy. Sometimes we end up in a situation with no advocate around. What then? Some years ago, I was called in for a follow-up after a routine mammogram. I wasn't concerned because this had happened a number of times before. My husband was working in a different city at the time, so I went to my follow-up alone. This follow-up test ended up being something more. I could tell by the body language of the radiologist when he walked into the room to talk to me. My mind immediately went into hyper mode. My racing thoughts were like, okay, this is going to be big. You've got to pay attention to everything he is saying. You've got to soak in every word. How much do you think really sank in? I was trying to be so alert, so tuned in to what he was telling me about my situation and the next steps. Later that day, when I was talking to my husband about the situation, he asked, Why didn't you get out your phone and record the conversation? You know what? That's a fantastic idea. But my response if you think in that moment I had the presence of mind to grab my phone and hit record, you're crazy. I may or may not have used some other more colorful adjectives before crazy. When we're in fight or flight mode, which is where I was in that moment, thinking of things like, hey, why don't I get my phone out so I can record this? That's just not happening. If the situation repeated itself, maybe this time I would think of that. In these supercharged, really big moments of life, It's super important to have another person with you, to hear the things that you inevitably aren't going to hear because you've moved into, how am I going to cope with this mode? Everything else falls away while you adjust to a new reality. The lesson? Bring an advocate with you, even when you aren't expecting anything to happen. You need your person. If it ends up being a big nothing burger, then you have something to celebrate together. If it ends up being a Big Mac that you're dealing with, you've got your person there to help you find your way through. Don't deny yourself this. As an aside, lest you be concerned for me, I'm absolutely fine and in excellent health. My cancer was found very early because of regular screenings. I've had several surgeries and done a course of treatment, and I'm doing fantastic. The poster child for regular checkups. So what if you're new in an area and haven't gotten to know people yet? What then? Are you screwed? You just have to go alone? No way! Unless you're a hermit, you've got people around you. Reach out to a coworker. Reach out to a neighbor in your building. Reach out to someone who goes to the same workout class as you. Reach out to someone. Ask them to be with you just for this day, for this moment. Your regular people can and will come rushing in if you need them. Just be sure to let someone be there for you. There are just times where being alone isn't such a good thing. And this is coming from a person who really enjoys her alone time. Sometimes in life, we have things going on and we're told not to worry about it because it's happening because we're of a certain age or a certain stage of life. Remember earlier when I shared about my stomach issues and how I was ultimately told the issues were because I was high-strung and sensitive? Ha! Those issues didn't go away just because I was given a reason for them. After trying everything, every prescription, everything they could think of, I finally just resigned myself to being sick almost every night and having migraines nearly every day. It was the way it was. We bought large bottles of Pepto every week. I would fall asleep feeling fine. I would wake up a few hours later with my stomach churning. Many times I threw up. Other times I was able to chug more Pepto and fall back asleep. About 10 years ago, I finally figured things out for myself. It turns out that I am allergic to wheat. No, not celiac, just a food allergy. My stomach symptoms, my migraines, all of these are symptoms of a wheat allergy. I gave up the wheat, all of the ailments went away. No doctor ever even brought up the possibility of my problems being caused by an allergy. I got lucky and figured it out for myself. I share this with you so you realize we can't depend on another person even a very well-intentioned, well-educated person to figure everything out for us. We need to pay attention, and sometimes we need to figure things out for ourselves. My only regret now is the needless years of tests and medications I took trying to resolve something that was most definitely not caused because I was too sensitive or too high-strung or too stressed. Although, in reality, there was an element of truth to that. I did, in fact, get sicker when I was stressed out. Or super busy, but only because I don't eat when I'm stressed. I have no appetite. So, what I would eat was toast or crackers during these times, which is exactly what was making me sick. Yeesh. So, the doctors were, in this case, partially correct. I still eat toast or crackers when I'm stressed, but now I'm consuming wheat free toast and crackers. Such a difference. We all have to pay attention to how we feel to what's going on in our bodies, to figure out how to get to better. Yes, a physician or other health professional can be a good, even a great resource, but they aren't the final authority in how you are feeling. Pay attention to what you feel, how much you feel, and when you feel it. That's going to reveal so much. You'll have all the information you need so you can be your own advocate when you need to be. The bottom line in all of this, Keep track of your stories, your situations. They might be career-related. They might be relationship-related. They might be health-related. All of your stories are going to give you insight into how you can be the best advocate for yourself. Bring a friend along for help and support. That way, you'll have someone to celebrate with or commiserate with, if need be, along the way. I hope you have found meaning in this chat about being your own advocate. May I ask a favor? If you found value in this episode, please share it with your friends and please subscribe to the Linda's Life Lessons podcast. Take a moment to write a review. Connect with me on Facebook and Instagram. And be sure to find your happy, love what you do, and make a difference. When I'm teaching, I end the week of classes with this message that I will now leave with you, my friend. Have a lovely, fantastic, and fun weekend. And please come back to me safely. See you next time.